How's it going, everybody? Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Hunting Public Podcast, powered by Dakota Lithium. In this episode, my friend Ben and I are going to be talking with Carl Kossuth from Tethered. We talk about our new M2 vest, but we also talk about how Carl got started modifying his own gear, which ultimately led to him switching careers from being a detective to working for Tethered full-time and helping them create products. I think in general, as hunters, we're constantly finding little things to nitpick that work a little bit better for our style. After listening to Carl talk about making things fit your needs a little bit better, it definitely inspired me a little bit more to try to create a few things that may help my hunting style. But before we get into the podcast, I wanted to remind you guys that we've partnered with the social platform Go Wild to combat mainstream social media censorship. Go Wild is a free social community where not only are your photos not censored, they're encouraged. Go Wild gives you points for things like sharing your trophies, gear reviews, and inviting friends. As you earn points, you unlock awesome rewards too, such as gift cards, free swag, knives, huge discounts on brands like Garmin and Vortex, and if you create a free account, you can unlock $10 just for trying it out. So visit DownloadGoWild.com to get started. All right, guys, let's get Carl on the line and talk about modifying your hunting gear. Is this a hunting camp or an office for you? Uh, this is actually my little hunting cabin nice. up the road from my house. Nice. So um, I've got a, I've got a, a real small separate property up up from the, the road from the house. This was it actually was on the property when we bought it, and it was literally just a dark, dank twelve by twenty four shed. Mm-hmm. It was well, I know you've seen them in the parking lots. They got the little little bitty porch on the front, oh, yeah, with the green metal roof. That's what it was. And um, my wife and I, we, we just kind of really turned it into something different. Added a bunch of windows, you know, brought a bunch of light in and redid it in knotty pine. And it's been awesome. We've uh, turkey hunted out of it. We've you know, <laughs> whitetail hunted out of it. Uh, I got it. It runs off of a generator. I got nice. a little uh, a little predator generator sitting out back that it runs off of. So it's awesome. Sweet. Wood fireplace. Sleeps about eight people if you want. Dang. So. Yeah, that's that's the real deal. I I haven't uh I he just got back from work and I got here a couple hours ago and been setting up or whatever, so we haven't talked a whole lot, but that idea right there is pretty cool. Something that maybe we ought to think about doing ourselves cuz like at some point it would be nice to just have a place where you can you know, hang out and have yeah. close to where you're hunting and everything and I mean, it doesn't take yeah. much, you know. Yeah, I'm I'm a half a mile from my house, my actual house. But, um, I, I touched on it on our phone conversation. So I live far enough out that I have satellite internet. And it <laughs> is horrible. Absolutely horrible. It's none of this Elon Musk, yeah. you know, space link stuff or whatever. It's like the really bad stuff, <laughs> but they still charge you an arm and a leg for, yeah. but, um, so yeah, up here, up here at the cabin, um, I've got really good cell phone reception. So I'm able to hotspot my, my laptop off of the phone and get it done. So yeah, the hotspot thing has been a real game changer for us. Like I recorded a podcast one time I was in Virginia and I just drove to the top of a mountain and had enough cell phone service that I could record the entire yeah. podcast. No, no problems with the audio or anything just from the hotspot. And I mean, it's pretty crazy how far that's come, honestly. Yeah. And it's yeah, going to just continue uh, to get crazier, I'm sure. 
Oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I am lucky cause they started it. They actually started pulling some uh, fiber optic out in front of the house. So I'm going to have the real stuff here pretty soon. So yeah. Nice. Game changer. Cause I got it yes. in Colorado and I can upload a YouTube video used to take us. I mean, at times when we'd be in some McDonald's parking lot, it would take us a couple, well, anywhere from two to, you know, six hours and I can upload uh-huh. it you know, 30 minute YouTube video in like eight minutes. It's, it's stupid. It's so stupid fast. Like life changing. It it makes it feel like it it kind of annoys you too. Cause it's like, well, we wait, think about how much time we (laughs) wasted when we didn't have this sitting, you know, and you're just watching it slowly go, but yeah, (laughs) Yeah. times are changing, I guess. Yeah. It's getting better. Buddy of ours had this, uh, this little mobile thing where I think it might've been, the Elon Musk thing where it's like this little sat this little satellite that's in a box and he can just take it wherever he wants as long as he's got power and he can see clear you know essentially uh, yeah. get it based in the sky it works so i don't know might it's be like so. that Steven Seagal Navy SEAL stuff remember from Under Siege i know I, the whole uh-uh. back when Steven was cool <laughs> <laughs> I think that I get one of those on top of my truck and with my with my tent on my truck and with satellite internet on top of my truck, then we'll really be a mobile content machine. <laughs> no kidding. No kidding. Yeah, that's crazy. I haven't I haven't seen one of those. That's I'm sure Elon Musk has something to do with that one too. <laughs> Have you seen the actual trail of stars yet go across the sky? Have you seen that? No. Oh, Have weird. you seen oh, it? Yeah. It'll throw you off. It's the uh Would it- it's the star. I think it's Starlink. Starlink, yeah. And it's the first time I saw it would have been in 2021 spring. I was in Oregon, and we were standing there at Turkey Camp, and we're looking at the stars and whatever, all just hanging out, eating dinner. And all of a sudden, somebody's like, "What's that?" And there's just this perfect trail of what looks like stars, and they're in a line. And I don't know how many of them there are, but it's just this perfect line, and it goes, you know, just the same speed all the way across the sky and then well, like, just eventually disappears. Way too fast for it to yeah. be a shooting star. You're like, what in the world? Yeah, well, well it's not. I mean, slow to be a shooting star, but too right. fast to be an airplane. Right, exactly. Yeah. It's, it's so kind it's of... a line of satellites or yeah. something? Yep. It's eerie. Wow. And then it just gets to a point where apparently it's far enough away that we can't see it anymore. And it just, it's almost like it's just disappearing you know into it just goes away because you watch it go right across the sky and then eventually just one by one they just start disappearing it's a weird thing and i've seen it i think i've seen it twice i think i saw it in oregon and i think i saw it in montana where have you seen it ohio ohio yeah Yeah, it's weird man it's it's definitely something i wonder if there's uh like certain seasons where you can see it in certain areas and you can't in others yeah probably. yeah and i don't know how it works or like how frequent it comes past but it's definitely a weird i mean huh. uh, it's not it's definitely not something that you expect to see out there but right yeah i don't know yeah. it's a weird one but yeah um i think we're just going to get right into it and like i haven't shown ben the vest at all he stepped okay. on it under the blanket earlier because he didn't know it was there but it's sitting okay. here kind of tucked behind everything, and I've told him about it a little bit, but I figured it would be cool to have him kind of 
asking questions because I feel like it might be easy for us to take it or, or take for granted like what we know about it. So I figured right. it'd be cool to have him. And then um, I guess for people listening, tell a little bit about yourself, a little background and what you do with Tethered. And uh, yeah, I mean, anything and everything you want to say about yourself. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, I'm Carl Kasuth. I'm a chief designer and co-owner with Tethered. Um, you know, since since we started day one, me and Greg and Ernie and a few other guys back in 2018, about the same time you guys kicked off, yeah. I think. Yeah, yep. I think like our um, first year, it would have been like the summer after our first season was when you guys, or uh, Greg and Ernie came out to Iowa there and we, yep. uh, our first experience with saddles. Yeah. Yeah, and I was a I was a full time detective when we started. Really? Um, yeah, I didn't know <laughs> well, that. Yeah, yeah I I I've been a cop for uh, well, I, I was once you know Tether kind of took off and, and uh, it became a real thing. Um, I think I was able to get an early retirement in 2019, and then just came came right on over. So yeah, I was I was um, started off as a as a county deputy and. Um, worked in the city, uh, well, the city of Rolla, I guess you'd say, is not a big city. Um, yeah, for a little, a little over 10 years, you know, just had a lot of fun, did the whole SWAT thing. I was prior military back in the day, and um, I built houses quite a bit. <laughs> yeah, I've worn a lot of hats. Yeah. Um, but as far as the sewing side of things, um, I learned how to sew in seventh grade home ec class. Nice. I don't even think they teach it anymore. I learned um, it in seventh grade home ec class too. So okay. they did it we, at least however many years ago that was. <laughs> okay. Um, so yeah, I learned how to sew in seventh grade home ec and the, our project was a cooking apron for our moms and uh, my mom still has it, still wears it. So that's pretty cool. That's yeah, that is cool. Um, but yeah, I, uh, I went in the military, uh, you know, out of high school and, you know, didn't do much as far as gear making or, or, or anything like that. Uh, bounced around the world a couple times, um, got out of the military. Um, I worked on sailboats and yachts doing custom welding. I was on a professional sailing team. Um, so that was a ride. I remember anyone, <laughs> if you, if you can uh, get into that, that was a lot of fun. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I ended up just kind of migrating back home and here I am. But, uh, yeah, what started my, uh, kind of sewing career, I guess you would say, uh, when I knew that it had some, uh, it was, it made sense to have the skill. Um, I had saved up all of my hay hauling money back when we used to do square bales. And I bought the very first gen one real tree camo, um, clothing option from Walmart. And I think it was like $60 for the pants and the shirt. And that was a lot of money, a lot of money, especially to a, a kid. Yeah. And, uh, that was actually back when opening day of archery season was still on October 1st um, and not September 15th. Mm -hmm. So opening day of archery season, I promptly tore the entire crotch out of the pants crossing the barbed wire fence. <laughs> it was like, I don't know if it was daylight yet. Uh, so I get back home. I'm pretty frustrated. I'm looking at them and they, they tore just in this weird jagged tear. And then I remember that my mom had a sewing machine. So I threaded it up and found an old pair of denim jeans for a patch from behind it. I zigzag stitched that thing back together and that's how it all started for me. <laughs> so, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I went in, 
Yeah, you know, I, I, I always kind of tinkered around um, in my off time, you know, whenever I was uh, mainly after I'd been a police officer for, for quite a while. Um, so I would tinker around. Um, a buddy got me into building um, very lightweight, ultra lightweight backpacking um, elk hunting shelters like sill nylon, Cuban fiber, that type of stuff. Um, built a lot of those. Those paid for my first two elk hunts that I went on my over-the-counter backpacking elk hunts nice. you know just selling those to guys on rock slide and and different forms and stuff like that so when you tinker like obviously um the shelters and stuff but just in like modifying gear just stuff like that in general or yeah you find a problem and then you just are like okay I can just find a way to fix this and doing stuff like that yeah, or sometimes there's absolutely nothing wrong with the product, and I would create a problem <laughs> <laughs> because I thought I could make something better. Yeah, uh, but no, most of the time I would get a hold of something, and um, just kind of the way my mind works, I would be like, I could do this to it and make it better. And and yeah, you're exactly right. That's kind of how a lot of this evolved. Um, Is just a lot of it was just improving upon existing stuff that I would get a hold of. Yeah. So my brother is a little bit better than than I am at that. He, um, does a lot of stuff even in the field. He does, um, like specifically now he's doing dog sledding stuff up in Northern Minnesota, but he's also done a lot of canoeing stuff. So he has a pretty good knack of doing that stuff. And then in the field, but then also when he gets home, like, uh, just to save money and keep things alive for longer. But, I'm more the type to be like, hey, mom, you got this nice sewing machine. See if you can either fix this or uh, modify it in some way. And um, I've never really got it, any good at it, but honestly, I'm jealous of it a little bit. I wish it's something It's something that, oh, and there's still time, but it's like, oh, yeah. It's a cool, yeah, that's a really cool skill to have. Well, it's, and the thing is, it's, very, it's pretty attainable if, if you're mechanically inclined at all mm-hmm. if you can use your hands at all you can learn to sew mm-hmm. and there's just mountains of information out there especially on youtube and different things um but yeah i always i, I see it asked all the time um you know like i, I want to start sewing what's the best thing to start with and the answer is the same every time you know, half the time if you go to grandma's house you're going to find an old sewing machine buried somewhere yeah. in a closet or a basement and if it's at grandma's, it's probably going to be a good one. Um, like from back in the 50s and 60s and early 70s, they're all metal. There is no plastic on them at all. Mm-hmm. I mean, these things are built. And, and they'll they'll build some very, very, I mean, they'll punch some serious thread through a lot of <laughs> layers of webbing and, and you know, cordura fabrics and stuff like that. Um, but, yeah, for the most part, I say go to Craigslist, go to a yard sale, find one. And, and get those older ones because they work a lot better. You'll shell one of these plastic ones from Walmart out like that, trying mm-hmm. to build the type of gear that we run. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what was your first project with Tethered? The Mantis. Nice. Yep, that was our the very first saddle that we launched. Um, and how that came about was um, I had just uh, come off of the, I guess it would have been the 2017 season. So season we had just finished. And I had hunted primarily on the ground. I, I, for most of my hunting career, I've actually I've hunted with traditional equipment. Um, so I was hunting off the ground. Um, but 
mainly because I was tired of climbing tree stands and I had even um, done some cutting and welding and hacking on some aluminum lock-ons trying to really pare them down to make them more portable and mobile. And I still wasn't really satisfied with what I had. So the season was over and I literally, I got on Google and I did a Google search for, um, uh, so it would have been 2018. So it was um, newest lightweight, ultralight tree stand 2018. That was like my search. And I hit images and I started scrolling down the images and like three or four rows down, I saw a picture of a saddle and it was actually um, an arrow hunter Kestrel. I was hoping that the only- I was hoping it was going to be a picture of Ernie. <laughs> no, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I don't know if that's the search I would have found Ernie. In. <laughs> Could have been a lot of other things and you might've got him. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, like just goofing <laughs> off. <laughs> no, that's that's a good point. <laughs> but no, I saw that thing, and um, you know, I started I started kind of finding all the pictures I could find of it, and it was really the only like modern um, sat hunting saddle that was out there. And you know, they're they're primarily an arborist company, so it was you know a, very substantial. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, when I looked at it, big, big and bulky, so kind of, you mean? Yeah. Substantial. Yeah. Yep. Yes. Um, and I looked at it and I was able to get a few pictures of it, um, you know, just, just online. And I thought, man, I think I can make one of these. Cause by then I had already been making a lot of the shelters and, you know, doing some different um, type of small packs and pouches and different things like that. So, you know, my, my DIY game was getting there, you know, it was, it, I was doing fairly well at it and, and had a pretty good grasp of what I needed to do. And I thought I could build this by looking at the pictures. Now, granted, I'd never held one in my hand. So I was guessing on the the dimensions of this thing and, and the cup and everything. Um, so in the meantime, I had been lurking on saddlehunter.com. I hadn't really posted anything. I was kind of taking it all in and learning about it because I thought this is something I could really get into right here because of it already lent itself to being very modular, mobile, and high-speed, low-drag. And so I, I was really on there quite a bit. And I decided that kind of my first post was going to be a build-along of this saddle. And that's what I did. It was called the DIY Kestrel Clone. And um, I did it as a with photos stage by stage of the build and little summaries of each stage. And, um, you know, finished it out. And the response was, like, incredible. Um I think a lot of the guys out there thought that there was a bunch of little elves in a cave that had magic sewing powers and were making saddles and nobody else could. And, but that showed them, you know, that you can do this. Yeah. And, um, it, timing is everything in life. Right. Mm-hmm. So it just so happened that while I was doing that, Greg and Ernie had, they had just met at Saddlepalooza down at Greg's and they had decided to start a saddle hunting company. And I mean, we're talking, this is like within weeks of each other, probably a month at most from whenever that happened. And then I put this build on there and the next thing you know, Greg was contacting me because um, you know, I had, I had some pretty good photos on there of my stitching and stuff like that. And Greg's contacted me and he says, Hey, would you be interested in doing some prototyping um, for a saddle? And I'm like, yeah, sure. And he said, well, will you sign an NDA? And I was like, First of all, I had to Google NDA real quick. I didn't know what it was. <laughs> <laughs> and that's all it was. And I'm like, I think he's serious. You know, I was like, okay. 
So, um, yeah, that's how it started. And Greg sent me a cardboard box. You know, he's still full-time in the Army. Ernie's still full-time mechanical engineering at his job. And so Greg scrapes together this this box, this little this scruffy box of material for me to make the first Mantis prototypes out of. And, yeah, that was, that was the beginning. It was kind of me and Greg were – um, working on the saddle side of things, and then Ernie and like Garrett mm-hmm. Brawl were working on the um, the Predator side of things, um, and that's how it all started. That's sweet. Yeah, that's wild. The timing, like you said, is and and it's crazy that it got up and going that quick because I know we didn't have them in seventeen because that was kind of the year that I kind of got fed up with. Well, not the kind of it was the official fed up with a. a hang and hunt tree stand set up for me it was right. it was it had, i had like hung it up that season but then in 2018 yeah. when we started using the the saddles it's like okay this is definitely a tool in the toolbox for me because it's legit you can actually like carry it and pack it quietly and it it, it just was um this whole different option that was so much better than the tree stand previously and then it to to kind of go back in time though from my experience and uh probably 2015 or 16 i was at i want to say it was the ata show i bumped into somebody from what was the brand that you mentioned earlier that arrow hunter arrow hunter so they yeah. had this tiny little table in the back corner i mean nobody was over there and i remember going up and having a conversation with a guy there and just was amazed at this setup. Like I'm sitting there holding it, feeling it. And I'm like, dude, this is, this is the answer. Like this is the future. And I remember mm-hmm. going back and telling everybody like that thing was sweet because in my mind it was going straight to, if you're going to travel out of state to hunt, you don't have to carry, you know, you don't have to bring sticks. You don't have to bring multiple tree stands. Like, and at that time too, we were, when I first held a saddle, we were transitioning from hanging stands every season, pulling them and going more to full-time hang and hunt. And as that's happening, I see this saddle and it's like, that's the future. And then sure enough, it all plays out with you and Greg and Ernie. Yeah. And then tethered becomes a thing and it, you know, kind of goes a, maybe two or three steps up and it's like, it's absolutely the answer. This is it. And I feel like yeah. uh, it really is just it, just giving it people quick. more. Yeah, and it's giving people so many options. It's it's tr- yeah. truly incredible. And and it it's was, been a thing for a long time, though, like in the grand scheme of yeah. it. Like Eberhardt's mm-hmm. used them for forever. And my dad, I remember my dad talking about them when I was a kid. Like, man, a guy ought to get one of those. You know, I'd love yeah, to but- hunt out of one of those. The big buck sling and, and all those, I mean, those were back in the – you know, when I was, you know, four or five years old, probably there was guys swinging around in those things. Yeah. Um, I remember going to the Missouri Deer Classic when they used to still have it. And I remember I went there like two years in a row and it was the second booth on the right. As soon as I went in the door and the same guy was in this tree. I mean, just getting it with this <laughs> 46 inch axle to axle Hoyt bow with wood limbs, just going nuts up there in that thing. And, uh, I always was intrigued by it, but I never got my hands on one. So yeah, it's, you know, we didn't invent it. We just kind of 
brought it screaming and kicking into the modern age, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, it was, it was the, the hunting, um, community was ready. Yeah. It was time, you yep. know, it was, um, it well, was a really good time to, to bring it. And I think it was really that transition for a lot of people where it's like, man, the effort that it takes to hang stuff and pull it down every season or in some states it's been a thing for forever that you have to pull it down daily. You know, to do that's a lot of work. So if you're going to commit yep. to pulling – and speaking on public land specifically, but that, that style was definitely um, becoming more and more popular. And climbers, you know, kind of gave it a chance there for a while. And there's still good options um, for climbers as well. I mean, we used climbers there for a while when oh, we were yeah. – I mean, what, high school through college, all that time frame. I mean, we almost exclusively used climbers. But, again, it's like it gets to a point where it wears you out. You know, it's like you burn. I, I, I honestly can say that deer hunting used to burn me out when I would carry those big bulky things all the time. And uh, the timing of the, the saddles and the tethered saddle specifically. And one of the things that I always liked about tethered was – the message of you don't have to buy a tethered you guys are just trying to get saddle hunting more in the mainstream like just trying yeah. to get in front of people to say hey this is a tool in your toolbox if you want it it's there right and yeah it was um and of course i mean i'd be lying if i said it wasn't a little bit biased you know? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, oh, for sure I, you know i mean i really think that we build some superior gear um, when it comes to the saddle hunting uh, space, but at the same time, you know, like you said, when we started, I was, I would say, yeah, it's a tool for your toolbox. Mm-hmm. And then as it progressed and the more personal experience I had with it, I'm like, man, this is my only tool <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah. as far as elevated, hunting oh, yeah. elevated. You know? Yeah. And that's the same. Um, I mean, honestly, I feel the same way and I don't do it very much, but when I do hang and hunt and get in an elevated position it's like a no-brainer it's it's so easy and it really for somebody who hunts on the ground so much and and enjoys it for the aspect of not having anything extra not making much much noise you know nothing hanging off of you to put the saddle and some super lightweight sticks like i started using uh the one stick i believe is the yeah that super light one and i got i got that puppy all i mean i spent i i would love to know how many hours at night there for a while i'd spent putting stealth strips on those things i got them every (laughs) every centimeter of those puppies i got them and it's awesome because you can just slap that stuff on your back it's no extra weight it's not gonna make any noise and you can wear the saddle and i know like aaron um a lot of times will wear his saddle. I feel like Aaron's the perfect example of utilizing having it on you at all times, but being, you know, uh, or adjusting in the moment. Mm-hmm. Like he shot that one buck that one time where he was with Gooch where he gets out of the tree stand and he's, he, or he I'm sorry, gets out of the tree and he's still wearing a saddle and he's just stopping yeah. the buck. And I think that's just what's so cool about it is it's versatile. And I mean, yep. You and know, when you can get down a tree that quick, 
and get around on a deer like that and then make it happen. I mean, that's saying something about that type of a method and that type of equipment. Yeah. And he even had to come down sticks. Yep. You know, I'm a single stick climber. I rappel down, you know, You're so wild, I could have hit, <laughs> hit on the ground like that, you know? Yeah. Um, and it's, that's, that's another thing about the saddles is that, um, and it, it inevitably it happens to me usually two or three times a year. And it's always during the rut. I get out, before gray light, I get up in a tree because I know I'm on a doe bedding area thinking I know where the bucks are going to be coming by to scent check that area. And the first year and a half or two and a half year olds come through and they're, I'm 40 yards off the mark, mm-hmm. you know? And so at that point I'm like, okay, these guys came through here. Other bucks are likely going to do the same thing. So just hop down and just relocate, get a little closer and hop back up and you can do it quick and you can do it quiet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you just can't do that, you know, with, with a lot of, um, with climbers and, 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 and mobile tree stands and stuff like that. You yeah. can, obviously there's nothing that can't be done, but the efficiency's not there. And then you got the noise factor as well. Yeah. So, yeah, that's, it's, it's definitely, it's been a game changer for that for sure. I mean, being max mobile, I think is just becoming more and more realistic for more people when they find, you know, how to utilize all these tools. It's like, yeah, if you can do the one stick method or, you know, if you're willing to just not have any ties to anything, you're just like, you know what, I'm going to go in here. I'm going to have this gear and I'm going to just do whatever the situation calls for. It really does open up so many doors. And I think it's, it's pretty cool to see how much it's changed, like essentially overnight. I mean, yeah. You know, you think about how I, long I've, I've hung, a, I hung off the ground with my saddle. Yeah, frequently. Yeah. Um, there was three times up in North Dakota that I can think of uh, my first time of last year. The first time, well, I was, I was one stick off of the ground. I was above the weeds cause I was actually hunting over this Creek bed that they were crossing. So mm-hmm. my shot would have down to the ground was probably 12 feet, but I was like three feet off the actual ground where I climbed the tree. Yeah. You know, it was mm-hmm. just silly. Um, you can uh, you can actually literally just ground hunt just by tethering in and be very comfortable. Um, we had another situation where we didn't have a lot of cover, but we had some some weeds all around us um, that were you know probably three feet or so. And what I actually found is you can actually you can get on your knees in your saddle, but get on your knees on the ground and then tether in and cinch up, and then you're. So you're on your knees, but there's no weight yeah. on your, you're, 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 you're just kind of floating there. That's great. Sweet. You know what I mean? That's yeah. great. Yeah. It, and, and you can still, you can knee walk on the ground around the tree and mm-hmm. still do everything. Yeah. It was, it was cool. I'm about to try that. Uh, yeah. That's pretty cool. I like that. We sat there for about three and a half hours and uh, me and my cameraman, we were good. I mean, That's it was cool. like, we just invented it right there on the fly. At least <laughs> it was new to us. Um, and it, it worked really well. Um, I think one of my favorite things though, to do as far as hunting from the ground in the saddle is I've got a particular uh, Creek around here where I hunt and there's no, the way the thermals work and they're always dropping down to the water. It's really, really tough to hunt it, especially in the evenings. And I figured out how to hunt it. I would cross the Creek, get on the side where the deer are coming from. I literally tethered into a root water coming out of the bank so i'm i'm essentially i'm standing in the creek bed (laughs) and i'm tethered to a root the deer are coming in from above me 
and dropping down this historical uh, trail that they have that, where they cross. And my thermals are dumping three feet behind me right into the water, nice. you know, and it's, uh, they have, they are not expecting that at all, yeah. you know, <laughs> not even close. <laughs> so that's a, that's a cool little ambush if you, if the situation uh, is there. Yeah, that is cool. I like, I really like what you said about just taking the weight off your knees. Cause I feel like that's a question that I get a lot is how do you stay comfortable? And uh-huh. I think the reason that I'm able to stay comfortable is I just don't sit still, which is not necessarily a good habit as a hunter. I, I, I feel like I've gotten to where, you know, I know my limits with it and I don't feel like I'm spooking deer cause I'm moving around, but I stand up a lot. If I'm sitting on the ground, I just stand up a lot, but there's some situations right. where you just don't have that type of cover where getting down low is important, but to be able to take the weight off your knees would, would oh, yeah. help a lot. That's, that's what I run into a lot. Ground hunting is like, you have those spots where it's like, man, I really should be here. I should be patient, but God, my knees hurt. Yeah. And then you really start to just move around and stand up a little bit and i know i mean it happens all the time you stand up and it's like god yeah, and, and if i could just take that temptation out and take the pain out that's that's i'm have to try that you, out you know how it is you kneel down on your knees you put your butt on your heels your toes are freaking bent 90 mm-hmm. degrees and you're good for all of about five minutes yeah and toes start falling asleep you know it just starts hurting it sucks but if you've got that saddle to where you can just pick yourself up off of your heels you know, as high as you want, really, mm-hmm. to where you, you know, your, your, your feet are just kind of sitting down there. Your toes aren't crushed. And you know, like I say, you can kind of knee walk um, around that tree. It's it's the real thing. It works well. Yeah, that is a good idea. That's definitely something that I haven't thought about. I mean, I've seen uh, the one that comes to mind recently. Um, Aaron put uh, the saddle just up above the water in Arkansas. I don't know if you've seen that mm-hmm. video really nice buck comes in and um they didn't get a shot he had a small shooting lane and it it just didn't work out but he his setup him and greg were together and there's all these small trees that were super small so he couldn't get up high to get out of the view but it was also like wet and with that much water on the ground so he's not just going to kneel in the water so they just put their platforms just above it and kind of use the tree as, as cover. And I thought that was pretty cool too, or it's just, there's all these different applications. And I mean, for that matter, you could do that type of stuff if you were waterfowl hunting, right? It's like, you could probably get yourself in a situation where you're hanging off that thing with shotgun shooting, you know, wood ducks coming in. It'd be probably pretty, pretty fun and pretty effective. I've seen guys set their coffee thermos, their breakfast, all kinds of stuff on, you know, like hunting ducks. Mm -hmm. Um, we used the hiss strap down in Arkansas a couple of years ago, you know, the, our gear hanger. Um, we put that around the tree and hang our shotguns. And it just so happens that the bill of a mallard or a wood duck <laughs> drops right into those slots. And just kind of hang there. So, Perfect. Yeah, it's multi-purpose gear. Absolutely. So I guess we should talk about the newest gear, something that I'm yeah. super excited about. I know you're excited about, and I think is, just overall, I don't know, some wizard work of yours. And I'm, I'm really, I'm really impressed with it. And I know the rest of the group's excited about it as well. Um, talk about a little bit of that. And like from, 
I don't know. What what does that even go back to? Like, what is, do you remember the original meeting date? Because I I don't I do. for sure. What was it? It was. Um, let's see. We we're going into twenty three, so it would have been um, Iowa Deer Classic of twenty one. Yeah. We all met in a conference room. And you guys were bug. You guys b- literally bugged out right after that meeting. Got in a car and drove down to Florida or somewhere to go turkey hunting. Yep. Um, so yeah, we were. It was all of us uh, there together, from our side and your side, and um, we met for a solid hour, hour and a half. And I left out of there scared out of my <laughs> mind. <laughs> I've got. Everybody knows you're a different animal, right? From from like Aaron and yeah, Ben, you should have seen this. Oh, I mean, yeah. It was, I've, I've got Zach over here telling me he's highly caffeinated by this. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. <laughs> That's a given. So He's telling me everything that he wants out of a Turkey, a Turkey vest or, or harness or whatever setup. And then I got Aaron over here on the other side and he's telling me what he wants. And then I got Jake and Ted and ever and Greg and everybody thrown in, you know, different things. Um, <laughs> So the idea of making it modular came along pretty quick. Um, and lucky for me, you know, there's, if I said I didn't get uh, ideas and, um, you know, certain, you know, certain things that I utilized in this build from existing products, I'd be lying. You know, I mm-hmm. mean, to, to reinvent the wheel truly is a very, very rare thing. Mm-hmm. It can very rarely be done. Um, a lot of times you are, you're improving on, um, things that are already there, uh, or taking an idea that wasn't quite fully realized and making it and taking it the rest of the way. Um, that happens a lot. And, and in a lot of cases too, um, what I've found to be very true is that you're taking something old and making it new again. You're being, you're, you're bringing new life into it. And, you know, you, you take the, I've got this one here set up. You, you take the M2, for instance, and um, I got my M2 too. <laughs> yes, you do. Here, hold that. Yeah. You take a. This is Ben's. A this pocket. is Ben's first first moment holding it. Man, he stepped okay. on it, but. <laughs> what do you think? What do you think of that fabric? First of all, Ben. It's different than anything I've felt before. It, yeah, you know what it uh, reminds me of? It reminds me of Stealth Strip. It reminds me of what I have all over all my other gear to keep stuff quiet. Yeah. But an so, actual solid fabric version of that. Yes. So that that feel and that Stealth Strip, stealth strip performance that we all know and love, that was like what I was really, really wanting to accomplish. Now, you know that with the first prototypes, obviously – that wasn't the case. It was a thousand, it was 1000 decor Dura, which is like about as bomb proof and, and stiff and loud of the materials you can get. Um, but it's what I had to get the samples out, but that was a whole other deal. Uh, but yeah, I, I knew I wanted to have this type of material, um, as a final product and the stealth strip was kind of my guide to that. Um, stealth strip is a very, uh, the material itself, it's, it's actually a micro fleece is what it is. Okay. And, um, it's really, it's strong, but it's, it's pretty heavy. It's pretty, pretty thick. Um, and I knew that I was going to be laminating it to something else. And so, um, I just, I didn't want the, I didn't want it to get too heavy, you know, and stuff like that and hold a lot of water if it got wet. And, 
And, um, you know, and of course that's all dependent on what you laminate it to in other situations. So yeah, this is a, basically a, um, lighter weight version of that. Hmm. Um, this, this outer material. And I, I laminated it to a, um, a, a thinner Cordura material. And oddly enough, um, it had never been done before um, by anybody that's, that we knew, as far as we know. Um, Did you patent it? Obviously, you know, this obviously <laughs> Mossy Oak Bottomland, right? Yeah. And so whenever we were having the conversation with those guys, because we knew we wanted the first gen um, M2 to be in, in the, in the bottomland, uh, we were having that conversation and they're telling me, oh, yeah, we got hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of fabrics, you know, of things we've developed over the years. And I'm like, sweet, this is going to be easy. It, they didn't it didn't didn't exist. What I wanted just did, it wasn't there. And I, I told them what I wanted to make. And they're like, what? And I'm like, yeah, let's I, I want to let's glue these together. And they're like, whatever, man. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, they they just didn't, you know, and. Granted, they didn't know exactly what I was trying to do either as sure. far as the whole modularity and, you know, the Swiss Army knife aspect of it. So, you know, they didn't know. And um, I got my the sample of it in and they nailed it right out of the gate. It was exactly what I wanted. The sample came in. I'm bar tacking, webbing to it and other pieces of material. And I'm trying to break it and tear it and carrying on. And it's perfect. It was absolutely perfect. And so that's how we ended up with this. And because it's a new thing and we kind of created it, um, yeah, we were calling it Whisper Tough. Nice. Whisper Quiet on the outside and Tough as Nails on the inside. There so you go. it gives you the best of both worlds. Yeah, I think that that part of it was really important to me because in the past, and I mean, from meeting one, we talked about how you can get something that you know, maybe has a lot of the, the aspects of it that you like, but then it'll be loud or there's parts of it that are loud. And, you know, even with the, um, prototype, you know, it was like, it's, it's coming together. It's looking right. But you know, the, this, the sound when not as much when you're turkey hunting, but when you're deer hunting, that's yeah. really, really important. And, you know, I think one thing that I feel like I don't want to skip out on is mentioning the fact that we put this together initially as a turkey vest, but then it really just continued to evolve into, because I think then when we talked about roughly a year later, about a year ago with the, at the ATA show, we were talking about how it would be really nice if we could just have it for both turkey and deer. And I feel right. like it, you know, well, it really ended up just playing out perfectly. I, when I designed the prototypes and them have been modular like they were, I, I, I thought that you guys would end up doing exactly what you did with it. Um, Jake, especially, I swear he slept in that thing out <laughs> west. <laughs> he did. I, every time I turned around, he had that thing strapped to him. And so he was, he was proving my theory that it was going to be a, a year round uh, vest that you could configure and, and make it work for whatever you're doing. Um, you know, and, and still just, just today, I figured out two more configurations for it. Um, that take it into the fishing realm, 
you know, nice. uh, you can set it up uh, chest rig style. It's yeah. just, it just keeps going on and on. Um, but yeah, after, after I saw you guys running it in the, in the deer woods, um, I knew that it was going to work out. And um, I knew that the fabric that we were going to make it out of was going to be spot on for, for everything, for the durability and the silence. Yeah, it's what? so quiet. Yeah, it's it's pretty impressive. And I think that one of the specific things that we started noticing when comparing other uh, vests that are on the market was when you get your back on the tree, like in a turkey hunting situation especially, and I know we've talked about it, it from a strategy standpoint. It's like you really have to make that conscious effort when a bird's close. Like let's say he's just over the ridge and he's on the verge of gun range or he's in gun range. And you make that move and your back just across the tree. It's like you have to almost yeah. be like, okay, I'm going to make the move. i got to lean forward. And, I mean, to a certain degree you have to do that to be able to move you know, efficiently. But with this, I just don't think that you're going to make – nearly the noise you would with things that we've used in the past like like that big cabela's vest that you have mm -hmm. right now like that's notorious for that back scratching yeah and i think that that's something that was really important to us and that kind of brings up a question what because i feel like you probably remember some of the specifics what were some of the things that when we're giving you and i and, it, and it's hilarious because I felt bad. I felt bad. I always felt bad after I'd get done talking about it with you. And especially when it was multiple of us, because it's like, dude, we're throwing like these impossible things at Carl. Like, we're just like, yeah, dude, like if you could get this, but also, you know, in the meantime, make it do this. And it's like, yeah, but you, but you always, you always just took it well. And you could always tell that you were, you know, the wheels were turning and you were going to come up with something. But I really did especially after that first one when it's all of us, we're just literally throwing like a million things at him and it just got, I, mean, I don't, I'm not no, surprised was, that we, we freaked you out a little on that. No, it was, uh, it got better pretty quick. Once, um, you know, I mentioned taking something old and making it new again. Um, and, and that would be, you know, with your, 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 uh, laser cut Molly and using, um, uh, the mouse clips. I don't know here. Yeah, I do right here. So these malice clips, this is an old military item. It's been around forever. They come in all the pockets on the M2. You know, it's just these, these plastic little clips and, you know, that you, you lace them through the, the molly and you plug it in. And, you know, the, the versatility of these, um, especially on the horizontal pockets on the vest, um, allows you to – I'm just going to throw this on real quick. So you yeah, can throw see. I got a little special touch on here for you, Zach. There goes my phone. <laughs> um, it's still working. So I basically, this, this particular rig I have set up, I think pretty much how I think you're going to run it based on your request, which is basically the, the belt, um, the bladder, the yoke, probably not a seat if I'm guessing. No. Um, no, that's the only Am part. Am I right I, on that? Yeah, it's the only part I didn't bring. <laughs> okay. But you might want to add this to your arsenal right here. I'm gonna plug this in real quick. And all this is is a horizontal pocket with um, the malice clips moved out to the outer edges. And mm. now we have a full blown chest rig yep. right here nice. that you can, you know, I can cinch it down, make it tighter, 
loosen it. I can take the sternum strap and move it up and down and it oh, shelves sweet. out really, really nice. Nice. See that? Yeah. You actually create this little shelf. Um, you know how many camera so yeah, batteries you can fit in there? <laughs> came up with today. So yeah, this is a horizontal pocket that's actually originally designed to go down on the belt. And I mean, this is, this is how easy it is. Get this. <clears throat> and also you can unhook it and it'll, hang there on the one side it won't fall down to the ground so you don't have to worry about dropping in the water or anything like that so that was simply by putting malice clips on the far ends of that of that that laser cut squadron and uh yeah so now you've got a nice little tilt out pocket Ben, here you can kind of see you know oh, this yeah. is this is kind of an array that you can do so is this one on of these the pockets is this like yeah the, oh, oh essentially open up, uh, that's yeah there. that's 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 how i've set mine up nice. for now but what's cool about it so for those listening that can't see there's all these little um i guess organizers is what you would call them so you you can put um, your they're just i, I kind of call them i, I call them like call accessories mm -hmm. um, because primarily, you know, they're made to um, hold your pot calls. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Like you said, for the people who, who can't see this, we've got um, each M2 kit's going to come with uh, two of your pot call holders. Um, you know, I've got a, you know, a little Woodhaven in there. I've got 12 gauge shotgun shells here. Um, but you, each one comes with two of the shotgun shell holders, but you can see I've got shotgun shells here, but then nice. on the outside, you turn that, you can un velcro yeah. that, turn it sideways. There you go. Strikers wow. just like that. See, I knew, there, I knew there was going to be some things that I was going to learn. Cause I've got this, I've got this, uh, conditioning thing up here where my, um, mouth call holder okay. could go but yeah, now look, i know now you, i know i can go back here yep there's a little slip pocket right back there oh yeah right there nice yep huh and you, <laughs> you could also take so this is this is one of the um uh the reed holders so if you just want to run the reed um you can take these little dog bone attachments which one do i have on gosh i got something going on <laughs> Here it is. I'm gonna have a sea of mossy oak up here on the table in just a second. <laughs> so right here, this one, uh, this is the magnetic one. Now this was a direct request of Aaron. Yeah, he absolutely, this. this was a must because oh, he loves oh, to carry his calls right there. So there's the boxes of, of diaphragm calls. Nice. So you can take that off, and you could put this on the shoulder strap if you want. Uh, or vice versa. So they're made with this slit in, in the back of them um, that the little attachment goes through. So yeah. that's how they hook up to the yoke. But then you can just Velcro it right on. Nice. Now I actually took one of these. And, so this is a uh, this is a Woodhaven um, that stone that conditioning stone, mm -hmm. and um, I just keep I just drop it in there like that, and it sits inside one of my pockets. Um, but again, you can, it's made for the diaphragms, but you can use it for whatever you want. Yeah, and um, I, I feel like on top of that too, just being able to pull these things off and move them 
gives you the ability to kind of set it up however is most efficient for you because we all have these different little, you know, ways of putting a call somewhere or just how quickly you can drop things in and out. And like something that I told so many people about because I think it's it's cool, visualizing a specific situation. Previously, I walk around if I'm trying to strike a turkey and I've got this this uh, pot call and I've got a striker, right? And I would put it in my pocket. The risk with that is not necessarily that I'm going to lose it, but I get moisture because I sweat a lot. Mm-hmm. And then those pants, you start getting sweat on the tip of your striker or, you know, on your glass. Right. And that be- becomes a problem. So to prevent that on at least the the call side i'd always just put the cap back on it stick in the pocket but then and it's it's silly it's not like it really takes that much time but with this you can just drop it right on this outside pocket so you can drop it there now what you can't see is that that goes all Mm. the way through so you can just stuff this right down in there and if you need it to go all the way in i mean it's not coming out so just from an efficiency standpoint like visualizing the specific situation of I'm walking down a logging road and every little drainage that I hit, I'm calling into it. Instead of putting it back in my pocket, it's like I can just drop it right there, which, I mean, pretty slick. Exactly what you just said is how I killed my second bird last year um, in the prototype vest. I was on a ridge, so it was late morning, and um, I was actually looking for morels. I had some, I had some dead, uh, dead elms marked up there on that ridge. And I was looking for those morels and I'd stop about every 50 or 60 yards and pull out that, that call and striker, just like you said, you know, it was, it lived right here in this stretch pocket striker there. And then uh pot call just like that. So it was, it was that quick. You could just bump it out like that. And that's what I was actually doing, looking for mushrooms whenever I, I struck up those two two birds and, and ended up getting one of them. You need a um, mushroom bag attachment. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah. Um, actually, the, the bird bag um, for the turkey would work fairly well. Yeah. You have to be careful, though, so you wouldn't crush your mushroom. Yeah. <laughs> that's a, that's what I was going to say next, though. I feel like that's a part that we've, we've almost skipped over is the – the, and which is probably, in my opinion, the coolest part is the ability to interchange that essentially the entire system. Like you can have two totally different systems depending on what your preference is or maybe what the given day is or the given hunt or maybe from turkey to deer season. Talk a little bit about the two styles and just how you came up with the idea to do both of those because I think it ended up just being pretty slick. Well, again, this is something that's not reinventing the wheel, just making a, a sexier, shinier one. You know, um, nice. we, uh, you know, Greg and I both you know, with our prior military and, and and me with law enforcement have been handling and carrying tactical vest of some kind or another, you know, for, for a long time. And you learn how those kits work, um, especially when you're uh, in, a, in a SWAT scenario, because Every every guy's different. You're going to put all your stuff in different locations, depending on whether you're left or right-handed, or, or what your position is on the team and what kind of gear you need. Um, then you can do that, and I, I knew that that was the answer for this because essentially it had never been done um, mm-hmm. on on a on a platform like this. Um, when you buy a turkey vest, you get what you get, 
you know, if, if you don't run a box call and That's you get this big spot right here where a box call is supposed to go, I guess you stick a bottle of water in there or something if it'll fit. Um, but it, it, it kind of sucked because it was there and you didn't really want it there. You could use something else there. So once those wheels started turning, then it, it, the mission became pretty clear as far as what this thing needed to do. Um, you know, and, and the hookup on the yoke, just, you know, very basic, um, but it was just made to be extremely modular. So yeah, that bird bag, Ben, you know, it just, it hooks right up to the same spot on the yoke. Nice. Um, and carries just as nice. So you can and interchange. That, go ahead. Go ahead. You'll feel that stiff section there in the back of that yoke. Yeah. So all, all that webbing and all that is stitched all the way through that. And what that does is that keeps this yoke from ever collapsing under a load. It mm. cannot collapse in on itself. So it stays comfortable and it sends all the weight right up over the, the shoulder straps on the yoke where it's supposed to go. Nice. So one of the things I thought of or how I wanted this, this kit to function since I've been on enough um, backcountry elk hunts with frame packs and stuff, um, I wanted this to kind of adjust and be able to operate like that. So the waist belt actually is designed to go right over the point of your hips, just like a frame pack. Um, and then you can, you can distribute your load, however much percentage you want to carry on your hips versus your shoulders. Um, you can adjust that on the back of the, uh, it has the cinch straps, on the sides of the, let's see if I can point them out here, like on the hydro pack. Mm -hmm. So these tie into the waist belt and you can cinch this thing all the way up against your back. The bird bag has the same thing. So when you get a load in there, you can draw that thing in as tight to your center of gravity as you can get it. And you're not going to have a problem, you know, carrying a lot of, a lot of weight in there. Um, Which is second bird I, I killed. I mean, just, I put him in there and cinched him down and he became part of my back yeah. and I walked out with him like nothing. Dude, I, yeah, I could totally see this being something you bring. If a guy was to go elk hunt and like base camp somewhere, mm -hmm. just throw the extra few pounds in there and then you have mm -hmm. your pack for the day, mm -hmm. like totally comfortable and oh, yeah. all the calls you need, the food you need, the water you need, filter, everything. You extra layer, yep. which extra was another thing like that we had talked about making, uh, a, a bladder that was or you know a bladder carrier that wasn't adding like a full-size backpack but it's still enough that you got a lot of versatility with just that alone i mean you fill that water bladder up and you've still got enough room to put i mean a decent amount of gear so, back there I, there's here some, you go mm -hmm. this is a a very full three liter source one bladder in here um, and it fits and I have a ton of space that I can load this thing out on top of that three liters of water that's already there. Um, you know, and it's, it's got separated stores. We've got those two zipper pockets in there for even more stuff. And then we have the big stretch pocket on the outside of that. And then we have our bungee cord with cord lock on top of that. So this little jewel right here, just by itself, does a lot yeah. it's very i mean it's physically it, it's it's not that big um which i really like about, yeah i really yeah, like it was that. About not, yeah so this was all for you zach yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i based on our conversations i i i 
pretty much knew what you were after as far as um, I knew I knew what you wanted to haul in it at a minimum and you didn't want it to be that much bigger, you know, because it, then you get to a point of diminishing returns right. for mm-hmm. what you're trying to accomplish. Um, so, yeah, this I think this worked out pretty well yeah. on that. And speaking of this, here's a new one we just came up with today. So this is you see all that. This is just a yoke and the hydration pack. That's all it is. Mm-hmm. So the, the, the yoke hooks in like normal, get it real short. And this is really cool. Um, these cinch, these uh, ladder locks right here on the sides that are made to attach and cinch down to the waist belt. Well, now they're pulling double duty. I basically took the, the backpack strap on the front of the yoke and pulled it all the way down to where that, that metal three bar slider that goes into your waist belt is now all the way up here at the top. And now I've taken the tail end of the strap of the, of the yoke strap and I've threaded it through here. And now I've made a complete, a fully adjustable uh, water bladder harness um, with the uh, sternum strap on it and everything. So something you might want to play with Zach. I don't know. Cause you can, (laughs) this, uh, Chest rig, this, yeah, with that chest rig, that's high speed right there. Yeah, I mean that's like jump out of the truck and run, Mm -hmm. you know. I think something else that I had mentioned and was a complete, you know, classic, classic uh, initial meeting type of conversation. I don't know if you remember this, but uh, I said. I want to wear it in the vehicle. Like, I don't want to have to take it off every time we get in and out. And, and everybody else is kind of like, well, I mean, you could just take it off. And it's like, yeah, but I don't want to. And yeah. <laughs> the, one of the very first things I did was uh, I was going over to my parents' house the other night, and I just got home from the NWTF show, and um, I wanted to show it to my dad. And I hopped in my girlfriend's car in the passenger seat, and I'm like, oh, yeah, you're going to be able to wear this and not have to take it off. I mean, there's obviously going to be times where it's just like, oh, I got to get this, you know, I've been wearing it all day, whatever. But it's like, if you're right. hopping from spot to spot, you know, hopping out, hitting locator calls, stuff like that, that's the reason I like having it at all times. Because one of the worst things that I feel like happens, especially when you're hunting with multiple people, I know we've been there, is you hop out, you hit a locator call, you get a bird, it's like, oh, he's right here. And then, Everybody's got to scramble to get their stuff where it's like if everybody's pretty much ready and you can just grab, you know, shotgun and camera or whatever, most, most, in most situations for most people, just shotgun, then, you know, having your vest on can be handy in those situations. And one less thing to leave on the side of the road. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, seriously, <laughs> seriously. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. And, and the little hydro pack's great for that. Cause even, even with that full three liter bladder in there, I could totally lean against that for a two mile trip down the road yeah. to get to another spot or, or whatever, you know, yeah. not a problem at all. No. And the bird bag, you know, it's, um, it goes even flatter. Um, the way, the way that it folds up that worked out, you know, really well. Cause it's, it's super flat against your back. Um, I, I think, I think a lot of once you start start getting out in the wild and and a and a you know guys are showing them to their buddies and they're using them, I, I think that a, a lot of guys who have kind of been turned off by tr- traditional style bird bags in the past are really really going to like this thing. I like it, and yeah. I don't like I I'm one of those guys. Mm-hmm. So like 
I guess I'll start by saying this thing impressed the hell out of me because I was like, okay, that's something I could really see myself using, and I didn't expect to think that. I expected it to be like, oh, yeah, that'll be my style, and somebody else will use this. And as soon as I saw it and actually saw yeah. how much it cinches down, it changed my opinion on them yeah. completely. I like that you did the mesh yeah. all the way around the bottom, too, because I noticed, I mean, the pack I have is solid on the bottom, and I've had blood pool up in there. I've had morels rot in there. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of nasty yeah. stink. It comes a like trash that, bag. Yeah. Just, it's just your freaking trash bag. But that, you know, drainage and it'll just keep everything dry too. Mm-hmm. That's. Yeah. Um, well, you'll notice. So this, the mesh that's in the M2, it's, it's the same stuff we've used in our saddles. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it's actually the exact same mesh that's in the Phantom saddle. Yeah. And what it's designed to do and its characteristics i was like if it's not broke don't fix it you know it's it it it's just such a good type of material and it only made sense to use it um in certain parts of, the, of this so my question here um, is it can hold a guy up in a tree what do you think the weight have you done like testing to see what the weight load you could put in a pack like this would be oh i ha- i haven't um I, I'm saying, I mean, I'm saying all day you can fit. This is what I'm stoked about. I'm saying all day, and I could be wrong. You're fitting at least a bit. You could fit at least a big buck hindquarter in that thing. That's my at guess. At least, yeah. I think oh, you could I, easily yeah. carry it. Yeah. Like I, that's what. That's probably one of the things I was like most excited about. It's like, dude, you could put that on. You could go deer hunting and have literally everything you need, and you could probably get a quarter. Or most of a deer out with just this, you know. Versus, well, you'll be the first one to do it. I haven't tried that yet, but <laughs> I mean, I'm as far as the 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 structure, the construction, the design, and and the materials, it will for sure do it. Yeah. Um, will it be the most comfortable thing? No, it won't. But that's part of what we do, right? Right. You know, I mean, we're not out there always to, you know, if if we wanted that, we just sit on the couch. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, we could so, get more uncomfortable by dragging it up and over. <laughs> three three yeah. or four ridges yeah. so <laughs> yeah it, it would it'll 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 pretty much haul whatever you're going to want to put in it in that yeah. type of scenario and that's where that yoke i just showed you with that piece of plastic in it is really going to shine yeah. when you start putting that kind of weight in there yes it's going to keep that that yoke nice and shaped and sending the weight distributing across and over your shoulders like it should be um, and, and then again, you know, there's, it's a very robust belt system on the, the waist belt yeah. too. So again, like adjusting a frame pack, cinch that sucker down and really bear the load on your, on your hips versus your shoulders. Yeah. We yeah. should test and that out. Each one of these, you know, they, they marry right in to the waist belt identically with this good Velcro connection. I mean, this is just the, the Velcro cover over here. But if I move that out of the way, so we've got a uh, a four inch by six inch solid Velcro connection um, just for starters. And then, you know, you throw the top part over and then add the secondary closure and then the cinch straps. Here's the cinch straps I was talking about right there. You know, you cinch those suckers down after you load up and get that load in tight to you. Um, yeah. you're going to be doing something. You're going to be doing a lot with yeah. some, with something very, um, very small. Yeah. Overall. Well, and I mean, thinking from the application of 
stalking or hunting or mobile hunting. Like these are the, the highlights that stick out to me and some of the complaint, main complaints. And if there's anything that I leave out, either one of you, because I know you guys have both heard me complain about things I've used in the past. Number one complaint that I've had with pretty much every single vest or hunting pack or, or I guess day pack is, uh, but more specifically with turkeys, is when I go left, it's like it's trailing so far behind. If I take a hard left, it's like it's, it's a, two steps behind me. It's like dragging behind. And uh-huh. that like whipping and, and uh, just looseness, loose, that I, it just drives me crazy. And some of those bigger, bulkier vests that I've had in the past, like what I had um, really until I started using that night and hail one, um, that was the number one issue is when you have this big wide bird bag that was always way wider than I was. That's getting hung up on stuff, and then it's also like a couple steps behind you when you make these moves. On top of that, when you're getting down in position and you're making, you know, you're crawling, stalking in, and you've got all these things hanging off the side of you again that are wider than you that you can't cinch down, drove me up the wall. It's like, and how many times have over the years, dude, just take the vest off? Like, I'm sure we could pull a pretty hilarious clip up. Yeah, there's a, I know there's a. (laughs) I remember, I remember, Zach, that was a very adamant request of yours. Yes. That you wanted to be able to ground, basically crawl in it if you had to. And everything stayed tight to your body. Yep. And, And this does. I don't like taking uh, things off, you know, I I kind of think of a a rule of elk hunting with a pack on when you're way out there is don't take your pack off and leave it because the next thing you know, you turn around and you're like, where did I put that? And I kind of try to live by that because there's just been so many situations where going back to get something that left was left behind becomes an issue. So if I can wear everything at all times, have my water at all times, and it's all just with me, then there's no concern of losing anything. So that plays into that as well. And uh, <laughs> like to, to your point about finding a clip, there, I know I have a Snapchat of, oh God, of yeah. me cussing at you from back <laughs> back on one of our hunts together where he's got his, he's got his big vest on and it's all over the place and it's moving it's making noise i can tell it's driving him crazy and i'm just finally like get it off just get it off you know because like i know you don't want like it's it's hindering your ability so that's annoying to me and then um the thing that was my biggest complaint once i started using the night and hail vest which um i actually noticed when when the first video that was made from the NWTF where this was kind of the the launch of this or the the announcement of it I guess probably the most negative feedback I saw was that oh you guys just ripped off the night and hail run and gun that and while I will I'll be the first person to say that is absolutely an option if you want to go for a lightweight vest but what I like about yeah. this above that there's so many small details that makes this so much superior. Now, again, I'm biased, so take that for what it's worth. And I'm not going to sit here and say that there aren't other options or that that is a bad option. I loved wearing that thing. But 
I'm super fired up about this because the thing that drove me crazy about that was, for one, the whole left side of it has the built-in um, pot call holders and um, box call holder. It's essentially useless on the left side for especially right. deer hunting. And even when I was turkey hunting, I didn't really use those pot call holders necessarily. They And they got torn up and... I guess that was kind of disappointing from that end of it, but the hip belt was the biggest thing for me because as light as that thing was and as light as this thing is, you put, you know, you put the the water bladder in there and you put your calls and um, a little bit of food and stuff like that, the stuff that you would need just to get through a day of hunting. And I, it isn't that big of a deal, but day in and day out, you wear that, and it does start to wear on your shoulders, and it makes my posture, I can tell my posture starts to become sacrificed because I'm just getting pulled down by the shoulders. So with the hip belt, the solid um, plastic piece in the yoke there, and uh, the ability to cinch all that stuff down and be tight to me is is the only thing that I've got that is like that is my big bulky, you know, backpacking backpack. It that thing tightens down, but I don't like it's too big for day hunting. You know, mm -hmm. like right. it would be great if I could take it down to this size, but it it just doesn't. That's not what the the purpose of that is. And to, yeah, to me, that's the niche that y'all just made here. Mm -hmm. Is like between like very cheap vest or like run and gun setup, and then between the giant frame pack that we have that works mm -hmm. really well when you're carrying whatever, 70 liters of gear, mm -hmm. there's like a huge gap there. Yep. And like this totally right. fits in it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, and I feel yeah, like definitely a day pack, if not a couple, I mean, yep. You can fit quite a bit in here. Yep. And then on top of that, just the ability to switch pockets out. I mean, you got horizontal pockets, you got ver vertical pockets. You've obviously shown the chest rig, these little organizers that you can move around. Um, there's just so, well, and then, the, then on top of it, we're talking about a, a vest that's made out of stealth strip, you know, it's like, it's so quiet yeah. and it just, yep. I mean, it really, it really, let's put it this way. I knew that we were giving you a ridiculous challenge, a challenge that I can honestly say deep down, I thought, man, we're being too far-fetched. Like, this is... I knew you'd come up with something awesome, but I'm like, there's no way it's going to hit, you know, the needs of me and Jake and Warb and Ted and Greg because we all have a different style and we all have different junk that we like to carry. But this right. does. And I think that no matter what your style is, whether you're a, um, you know, turkey hunter that wants to carry every call that you've ever owned... Or you're like me and you want to carry, you know, a couple diaphragms and a couple strikers and a pot call and some water. Or you want to go deer hunting and you want to carry your saddle with you. Mm -hmm. I think this does all those things because on top of it, there's so many different ways you could slap your platform on the bladder or on the bird bag and put the saddle in the bladder or the bird bag. I mean, you can wear, obviously wear the saddle, but... When you start talking about it that way, too, it's like this literally, in my opinion, covers the turkey hunter, the deer hunter that wants to stalk hunt, and the deer hunter that wants to use a saddle, platform, and sticks.
And I think that's yep. that pretty unique. you're looking for. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and now I'm finding out it's going to cover the, the, the river fishermen that likes to wade fish. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's and we're do that, that, too. that well, too. Yeah. And we are that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Another thing this does, and so, you know, we did all the, the how to build your vest videos right before uh, NWTF started. And those are going to be awesome. Um, those should probably be up in next week or so, I'm guessing. Um, so that's going to show everybody how to build their kit whenever they get it. But it also, to your point, it shows the difference of what Aaron likes and what Jake likes and what Greg likes to carry. We covered all of that. Um, now, one thing we didn't cover, Jared Schaefer and I, our Ginger Ninja, we did a little <laughs> side video just the other day. In your accessory kit, you're going to get these two plain straps they're just plain but they've got the three bar sliders hooked on the bottom and what that allows you to do is you can actually hook up to the top of your yoke and then hook straight to your belt if you don't want to carry a pack at all you've still got your harness system nice. um, you don't have to have a bird bag you don't have to have a hydration pack um, you can just have your your harness and um, what's really cool about that is taking the the horizontal pockets and running them on the sides and then you take the verticals and you marry them up right behind them. So you can literally load up all four of these pockets um, on that. If you're that guy, if you want to keep everything on your hips, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. right there. And then you can keep your little, um, your calls or whatever else up top. Um, yeah, just another option. That's what this thing is all about is, um, is just, just the options. And heck, I built a dang thing. And I'm <laughs> yeah. still figuring out all yeah. the things you can do with it. I can't wait for people to get their hands on these and we start seeing what guys are out or doing out in the field. Yeah. yeah. Um, so Rummy, oh. go ahead, Ben. I was say, so Rummy through, so I obviously haven't looked these up to buy them or anything yet. Literally just seen this for the first time, but how is this sold? Is it like all modular to where you can kind of build your own system or do you have like a, a base kind and of. build off it? So, this is going to be a learning curve for all of us yeah. because, you know, obviously THP is going to be selling these and so is tethered. Um, but initially right now the offerings are, you can, you can buy it with uh, the bird bag kit or you can buy it with the hydration pack kit. Now, if you want both, you can absolutely buy both. Um, but initially you choose one or the other, the horizontal pockets, two of those are going to come with each kit mm -hmm. And then the vertical pockets, if you want those, uh, they're a little bit extra. They, they come in a pair. Um, but I think at the end of the day, what's going to end up happening here, just because I, I know how hunters are and how, how you know quirky and versatile of a crowd they are, um, it's probably going to be in a completely a la carte offering. Before it's all said and done, yeah. I'm guessing. Um, you know, Because right now when you buy your kit, you choose your belt. We've got the small, medium belt which will take you from about a 27, 28 inch waist up to comfortably around 36. You get above 36, then we go into our large, extra large belt. There's going to be some guy that drops a ton of weight over the next year. And he's going to want a smaller belt. So he'll have to be able to buy a smaller belt. Mm -hmm. There might be another guy that spends too much time at Christmas dinner. He's going to need to go up to the next belt, you know? Um, so yeah, we're, we're going to end up, pro I'd say before it's all said and done, it's going to be a completely a la carte you know, you just plug and play. That's freaking sweet. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that's initially, no, you know, that's not how it's going to happen, but yeah. I, I, it's going to end up that way. I'm sure. 
Um, and then plus just be, this is going to be the gift that keeps on giving. Um, I'm already actively working on at least three, no four accessories for next year for this kit. Um, that'll be add-ons that'll just plug right into it. <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's good. It's yeah. really good. Yeah. And, I mean, that's just the thing that we've, uh, we've learned about you, Carl, you're always going to be thinking about the next thing. And I think that's really cool. And what, I mean, we're lucky to have you tethered's lucky to have you. It's, I mean, pretty amazing, man. Like I said, there was many a times where I'd think, ah, man, I don't know. Like, we're just, we're giving him way too many things to try to tackle all in, in one piece of gear. But you did it. And, like, the, the guys, the guys had seen it before I had. I got to NWTF a little bit late. And the first thing Mindy actually said to me was, I'm not even going to tell you. We're just going to film your reaction to it. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, yeah, because yeah, she knew that I would like it. She knew okay. well that well, it, whether she knew or everybody was like, "Oh, Zach's gonna like it," and yeah. and I and I really, really am stoked about it. And I think that again, I would always say, everybody has their preference. Maybe something else works for you. And I'm not trying to sway. I don't think anybody's necessarily trying to say you got to buy this. This isn't necessarily. I didn't want to do this podcast to make you buy the thing. I just wanted to do the podcast with Carl because. I think that it was super creative to come up with this. You did it. An amazing job. And I'm just super stoked about it from, honestly, n if nobody ever buys one, at least I got what I want. <laughs> right, dude? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, 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 I th thank you for that. Um, you know, I got the best job on the planet. Yeah. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, I've had a lot of jobs and um, this definitely has its its fair share of stressors different types of stressors than other other jobs but um this is hands down one of the most rewarding things i've ever i've ever made um it's your legacy man just <laughs> it just fell together it, it just did um and i know i know you guys were worried you mentioned a couple times you didn't think that this was gonna like turn into something um i have this tendency and i'm i'm it's it's I'm bad at it too. Um, I'll get all this crap floating around up here and I don't share it with anybody. And, you know, I've been systematically building this thing in my head for months. Right. And th that's kind of one of the things I do is that I'll, I'll basically build it in stages mentally before I even go sit down in front of a sewing machine because I don't want to waste my time on something that I'm going to, I'm going to hours and hours prototyping something and then, get a different take on it and it gets a lot of adaptations to become that it just becomes garbage or I'm in the middle of it. And I think it's something different. So I really try to mull through everything over a pretty long period of time. And, uh, yeah, I knew you guys were probably stressing a little bit. You know? <laughs> I don't even know that it, what was going on. Yeah. It's like, I don't even know that I would call it stress as much as I would call it like there's too many demands, you know, because of how different everybody is. And I just, I remember that initial meeting being like, there's just no way this is going to work because we're trying to hit everybody. We're trying, and I think we even talked about it in the meeting where it's like, well, maybe it's just got to be only targeted to this one very specific group. And I think 
sure, maybe the majority of the people that will will get this are on the side of run and gun mobile hunting. But with that being said, we just talked about how many styles it covers just in the one you know base uh, product, and I just am yeah. Yeah, impressed. There's, there's excited, and people are gonna people are going to find what works for them in it. I know they will. Right. Mm-hmm. There, there's something to be said, especially in the turkey realm, um, for being able to 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 have a quote unquote turkey vest and truly make it your own, <laughs> um, to where you're not you're not res, you're not restrained to what is offered. Yep. Because mm-hmm. um, unfortunately, and I'm not saying this in, in all cases, but unfortunately, in a lot of cases, when it comes to R and D and design. Um, you know, they'll, they'll, the company will whip out five or six of them and, and give them to five or six guys and, um, they take a vote. Well, you want this pocket, this pocket, this pocket. Okay. Well, four out of the six say, I want it here. But then you, when you extrapolate that over hundreds to thousands of customers, it's, it's terrible. It's terrible because the. Um, you know, you get a, you know, a, a large pool of people who hate that, whatever it is, wherever it's at, they don't like it. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to do away with all that. I wanted it to be completely customizable to what the individual wants. I want it to be lightweight. I wanted it to breathe. I did not want you to feel like you're wearing a sleeping bag at 1030 in the morning <laughs> when you're trying to strike a bird up and you're, you're covering ground. Um, I want it to fit like a leech to your body if you want it to. So you can absolutely bolt over to another ridge. Um, so, yeah, it was it was a lot. Like Zach said, it was a lot to cover. Um, but the, the base system and having the military background, law enforcement background, it all lended itself to this yeah. coming together. Yeah. Good freaking so. job, man. Yeah. Sweet. <laughs> yeah. Well, thanks, thanks, thanks Carl. And. I appreciate you taking the time, man. I know we've taken up a lot of your time, and it's been a really awesome conversation. I learned things about it. I knew I would, and, yeah, it's just all around been fun. I appreciate you taking the time to talk with us, man. Yeah, I, I've, I've enjoyed it a lot. and um, Yeah, since you weren't there at the videoing for the how-to, you're going to have to watch them yourself. I know, I know. <laughs> I know. I was, <laughs> so you, you're, you were saying that earlier, and I was like, well, I got something that I might have to watch because I'm going to probably – I'll probably – officially learn my my uh style of how to work it once once i watch those how-to videos no i saw how you had it put together there at nwtf and i knew whenever i came up to see you at the vortex booth i already knew how you were gonna have it set up and you did so good on you it's awesome and and you know the beauty of it is is i can try all the different things and like i said too i really am fired up about this because i could really see this being a deal where we figure out how to go in really deep and not have to go back to the truck. Like we killed a buck a couple of years ago, two miles back from the truck in some seriously gnarly terrain. And luckily we had a whole crew of guys back mm-hmm. at the truck, but we went all the way back to the truck. I think from the time we got him down, I think my tracker, I think I still have it, but it ended up being like, from the time we got him down to when we actually got him out, it was six miles or seven miles or something. And it's just like, if you have to go do those multiple trips and you don't have a crew waiting at the truck, something like this, even if you can just get a quarter out uncomfortably to get the ball rolling, if you're going to have to make right. those two trips anyway, at least get one 
part of them out of there yeah. before you have to go back. And I think that's where, uh, again, it just takes it to a whole nother level of options. And yeah, I just, yeah, it's, and, it's you know, so, we're going to get into the, uh, later on this year, we'll be doing some more videos together. We'll, we'll once we get closer to, to white to, to deer season and start covering a lot more, um, uh, you know, whitetail specific stuff that this, that this kit will do. Um, you know, one of the, one of the things is, where's the hydration pack? The hydration pack is, this was a, a request of, uh, either Ted or Jake or both of them, a little thing that you wouldn't even think about, but this tab loop right here, all these tab loops, that this cordage is going through on my original prototypes. This was three quarter inch. And he said, Hey, do you think we can, um, figure out a way to use a compression kit on here, strap sticks or a platform to it? I'm like, done. Let's change it up to one inch. And now our compression kits plug right into this. So if, if you've got a, a fair amount of stuff in this hydration pack, you can take, um, one sticks and just strap them right to it. Take a predator, strap it right to it. Um, throw a predator in that bird bag. And it just goes on and on and on. So, um, yeah, I can't wait to see what you guys and, and everybody who, who ends up getting one of these, what they come up with. It's going to be a cool, a very cool year um, in the turkey woods and the uh, the whitetail space. Yeah, we're all, we're all learning well, together. <laughs> yeah. We're all learning together on how to yeah. put it together. Yeah, it's, that, that's, that's what's neat about it. Because um, there's, I think I know this thing inside now, and there's going to be somebody that pops up. Hey, look what I did. Yeah, there's going to be another one of you that's sitting at home, you know, sewing little things together, too. <laughs> you know, you know, that's going to happen. So I hope so. I hope so. It's uh, there's not enough gear makers out there. I, I really, truly believe that if 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 dudes would, would just take the time and just start punching thread and just start on little pouches and this and that. It evolves quick. Oh, you yeah. can really pick this skill up very fast um, if you if you stick with it. And obviously, you, you got to be interested. In it. You've got to like the process, um, you know. And you you've got to be able to accept failure too, because um, I've I've spent multiple hours on stuff just to just deep six it, you know. <laughs> and so yeah, cool. All right, man. Well, hey, thanks again and. We'll end it here, but I really appreciate you taking the time and teaching everybody about it and creating it. So thanks again. And yeah, thanks for everybody for listening. Thanks, Ben. And we'll catch everybody on the next one. Appreciate it. Thanks, guys. No problem.